Hi, and welcome to the Mindhammer podcast series. Whether you already subscribe and follow us on social media, or it's your first time, we're delighted to have you listening to our podcast. As some of you may know, Mindhammer is all about student health and well-being. We promote a regenerative and healthy lifestyle to balance your mind and body to deliver a future that supports you. You'll hear us tackle different topics with guest speakers and explore different disciplines like coaching, psychotherapy, fitness, nutrition, homeopathy, and lots more. So let's get into today's episode and give a warm welcome to our guest speaker. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to this Mindama podcast that we're going to be continuing today to talk about perfectionism. So I hope that you've listened to our first podcast on perfectionism with Pavan and Elisa, where we introduced what the origin of perfectionism, uh, the downsides and the upsides also being a perfectionist, the distinction between perfectionism and having high standards. And today we're going to be talking about overcoming perfectionism. And so I want to reintroduce you again to Alisa and Pavan. Alisa is a, an EFT and compassionate inquiry therapist, and Pavan is one of our counselors here at Mindamic. Good morning. Hello, Alisa. Hello, Pavan. Good morning. Lovely to be here again. Yes, thank you. Have you again. All right. So I think we're going to go straight into overcoming perfectionism because I'm sure our listeners have been waiting to hear all about it. What strategies can you offer and tips to our listeners for managing perfectionism? Let's try and put some realistic goals for them that they can sort of they can feel better about themselves because you know it's important to have something realistic to to follow and practice. Absolutely. There are a few strategies that can help you in managing perfectionism. So when you notice your inner voice of criticism pop up in your body and mind, be curious about it. Ask it, what are you afraid of? And ask the voice how old you may be or what role it actually has within you. Does this voice actually belong to you or does it belong to one of your parents or some other friends or a teacher, for instance? Digging into what the communication is of that voice is actually really interesting and can work to separate yourself a little bit from it. And I also think that being curious about the event or experience that may have ignited the need to avoid these difficult painful experiences of producing something less than perfect, say. It could be something when you've maybe failed at a task or an assignment of school or was punished for it. I remember this leads me back to a memory that I had when I was uh, trying to learn how to do cartwheels with dad. And dad actually, as a result, he was quite angry for not sort of succeeding. And I remember thinking, oh, it's not safe for me to actually make mistakes. So obviously I've forgiven him for it, (laughs) but you know, it really does have a relevance to how I came to see myself in front of other people and performing essentially. So another strategy that I'd love to share with you, or just a tip actually, is that if you find yourself doom scrolling on TikTok or Instagram for hours on end, and you feel various confusing and negative emotions around it, essentially, you may find yourself comparing your life to other people. Perhaps it's also time for you to look at your social media use. 
And if you feel like the flawless projection of other people's lives make you feel like you need to go out there and do something better or as good or just to, you know, be a part of that sort of culture or projection image, really, it would be really wise to take a social media detox and maybe spend some time by yourself just reflecting upon how you actually are feeling about yourself. This could include, you know, checking in about your self-esteem and perhaps reviewing your values. I do this myself every so often and I check in with myself. As we know, life is constantly changing and evolving. I question myself, is this really the thing I want to do to look at social media and compare myself to these people? Or can I spend my time more wisely somewhere else? Another very important tip I have is, of course, to develop or cultivate self-compassion. If we could simply use the same loving and caring and supportive approach to ourselves as when we use when we talk to our friends or family, when they are feeling sad or distressed, we would feel so much better about ourselves. And of course, whenever we have those perfectionistic tendencies creep up. Compassion really means to suffer with. And when applied to our own selves, we can feel a deeper understanding and acceptance to why we may be struggling in the ways we do or why we need to be perfect and present this perfect side to ourselves, essentially. Another positive approach to combat perfectionism is to focus on attempting to finishing projects from the beginning to an end, then giving all the energy and thought to the final outcome of the project, the end product. So really trying to enjoy the journey and actually completing something from A to Z, for instance, rather than kind of focusing too much on the last piece of the final product. Following the time when I fell ill, an important way I overcame perfectionism and built my own self-esteem from within was through learning to slow down and being more patient with myself. These days, I try to compare my own journey only with myself and look at the different priorities that I'm working around, essentially, depending on where I'm at in life. So trying to really focus on comparing yourself to yourself in your own journey rather than with other people's journeys. And last but not least, of course, you're more than welcome to seek support from the Mind Hammock team, including the practitioners and counselors, should you want to go through any traumatic experiences that may have contributed to that coping mechanism of perfectionism and so on. Thank you, Lisa. Absolutely, absolutely. Every listener here, if you need any help, we've got so many experienced counselors here and practitioners of different therapists that can help with any feelings that you might be struggling with at the moment. So now I would say that we're going to be moving on to this other very interesting topics, which is the intersection of perfectionism and mental health. So I would like us to examine a little the link that we have between perfectionism and mental health issues. Yes, so I would say one of the reasons that it can lead to mental health issues is because it creates this constant sense of pressure and stress. You know, perfectionists tend to have a never-ending to-do list and then they're always striving to do more, achieve more and be better. And actually, that just leads to exhaustion. And again, it leads to those feelings of burnout and overwhelm. And I'd also say in terms of perfectionism, it can contribute to feelings of low self-worth and self-esteem. So naturally, you know, perfectionists, they will inevitably fall short of their, because they're impossibly high standards. They can end up being really hard on themselves. And what happens is they end up seeing themselves as failures. 
and they feel like they're not good enough and this can also lead to feelings of shame or feelings of guilt and feelings of self-doubt and all of those can contribute to mental health issues. And also another way, you know, that perfectionism can impact mental health is through its effect on relationships. As I was mentioning before, you know, perfectionists tend to be very critical of themselves and this can also spill over into their interactions with others. So they might actually end up having very high expectations, you know, for their partners, for their friends, family members. And what happens is, again, because nobody is perfect, they will fall short of those expectations then that individual then becomes really upset you know, when those expectations aren't met. And what happens is this can create tension and a conflict in relationships. And ultimately, that leads to feelings of loneliness and isolation. So those, yes, so those are some of the ways it can impact. Those are definitely some of the ways that I've seen it present itself in my clients. Alyssa, have you got any other experiences around the links between mental health and perfectionism? Yeah. So what I've seen is people with quite severe perfectionistic tendencies may actually have mental health concerns such as social anxiety or a diagnosis around that area as they may actually worry to such a high extent about how they project themselves in social contexts and what people may think of them. They altogether just avoid any type of interaction in the real world. And of course, perfectionism and OCD is another mental health diagnosis where we see an overlap as individuals with OCD may need things to be exactly right or perfectly in order to be able to get on with their everyday life. And of course, you've just mentioned it, you know, it's so exhausting and contributes to even more kind of challenges to live a peaceful, balanced life in harmony. All right. Thank you so much for both your intervention on this. And I think we now go into the coping with perfectionist thinking, because I am sure that is what many listeners are, are waiting to hear about. How do we cope with perfectionism? So I can add on some points here. I think Alyssa covered some amazing points and what she did was um, really break it down so that it's almost like exercises for our listeners but I would say just I think finally just to reiterate what people can do is really you know challenge negative thoughts as I mentioned and Alyssa mentioned you know perfectionists often have a real critical inner voice and that can generally be their their critical parent voice and what happens is they end up setting impossibly high standards and they're also quick to judge mistakes so it can be helpful to challenge these negative thoughts you know really reduce the power of that inner critical voice you may want to have a dialogue sometimes that's helpful or journal and so again what Alyssa said as well those exercises I would definitely suggest that our listeners do those also practice self-compassion you know self-compassion involves treating ourselves with kindness you know with understanding and acceptance even when things don't go as planned so this could be particularly challenging for pe- perfectionists. You know, learning to be a bit more forgiving and a bit more gentle with ourselves can really help reduce feelings of shame and self-doubt. I'd also say, you know, set realistic goals. You know, setting more realistic goals can help to promote a sense of accomplishment because you're more likely to achieve them and it also reduces the pressure to be perfect. And then focus on progress, not perfectionism. You know, that's the goal. Instead of striving for perfection, focus on making progress towards a goal. And in turn, I'd also say celebrate small successes along the way. You know, and if you have a setback or a mistake, just remind yourself that all of this is a natural part of the learning process. Yeah, all of that. And then take 
breaks and practice self-care. So for perfectionists, you know, they can often have a real hard time in terms of taking a break or engaging in self-care activities because they feel like they should be working all the time, they should be doing more, they should be striving more. However, taking breaks and engaging in activities that promote relaxation and well-being, you know, that can all help to reduce stress and it can also promote overall mental health. And then I'd say finally, again, like Alyssa said, you know, seek support. Talk to friends, talk to family members, you know, talk to mental health professionals at Mindhammer. All of this can be really helpful for anyone who's struggling with the negative impacts of perfectionism. Neurotherapists can really provide support and guidance for managing perfectionism. And they can also help individuals to sort of develop healthy coping strategies and as well as understanding where that perfectionism came from. That would be a great starting point. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pavan, and thank you, Elisa. We are now at the end of this podcast. Thank you again for talking us through the meaning of perfectionism, how to cope, tips on how to manage and how to make it possible with, with small steps for those of you that feel like life is too overwhelming, that you are failing at everything that you can actually you can actually do it you just need to be a little bit more compassionate with yourself and yes absolutely be be kinder to yourself and take breaks engage in self-care reach out to us if you need any any support we hear talk to your friends talk to your families and we hope you enjoyed this podcast Thank you again for your wonderful contribution, Alisa and, and Pavan. And we look forward to having you again in here at Mindamic. Thank you. Thank you, Susanna. Thank, so Thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode. If you're enjoying the series and like our work, drop us an email at hello at mindhammock.com. Let us know what topic you'd like us to cover. We're here to help and we'll discuss anything and include everyone. Don't forget to check out our social media at hashtag MindHammock and our website, mindhammock.com. There, you can become a free member and receive access to more content like tip sheets, webinars, and videos. At MindHammock, we aim to enrich the student lifestyle and our team of ambassadors from many universities worldwide can help you engage with our community through your uni. So, what are you waiting for? Join us in supporting your student journey. Keep in touch and stay safe. Until next time, goodbye.